Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. I'm Connor and I'm once again here remotely with Alan. Hello. This week on the show, in response to a request from one of our listeners, we're talking all about the best use of the CBE platform and how getting to grips with using this will make your whole ACCA journey much smoother. We also look at recent news stories on how some companies are moving towards working from home for the long term before getting to this week's student question. So Alan, which is great, we've had um, another listener getting on who's, you know, a specific topic that they'd have liked to hear more about, which was CVE. So they got on and again, we'd encourage if anyone does have topics that they'd like to hear discussed or anything, um, I know with the student story before of their experiences, we are always open to getting that in. And, and certainly if there is stuff people want covered, we're, we're more than happy to do it. Um, but this week, as the student has asked, is all about um, CBE, which the first thing I had written down in my notes is that CBE is here to stay and that um, this is the new kind of thing that we need to convince students because even though there's been some, um, you know, there's a very small percentage who are still doing paper exams, there's some people who have been slow to get on board with CBE, it very much is here to stay. Yeah, and I think what was interesting from all the webinars that we've done recently, um, some students I found were a little bit mixing up CBEs and remote invigilation and thinking remote invigilation is only maybe here for when the pandemic or it might be here for long term, who knows? But it was like they went hand in hand that once the pandemic is over and remote invigilation ends, CBEs will end. <laughs> and it was yeah. interesting to say, well, no, like, as you said, they are here to stay. And I think I opened most of my webinars by saying, if you learn nothing else today, basically the day of the pen and the paper for answering ACCA questions are gone forever. And until you accept that, you'll really struggle to do really well in ACCA exams going forward because it is the new normal and it is the future. There's no way of avoiding that now. Yeah. And I think the second point, and, you know, it's for people who don't like the CV or frustrated by it, um, I remember talking in one of my webinars on it is it makes complete sense if, if for anyone to, to justify doing their still wanting to do their exams on pen and paper, what we talked on one of the webinars was, you know, if you were in a work environment and you had to do a calculation for your boss, um, a long calculation and then discuss it, if you came in with a few sheets of paper where you'd sprawl down figures and cross things out and had arrows, they wouldn't they think you're living still in the stone age. Whereas if you think of any professional working environment now, it is all, you know, using word documents, it's using Excel. Um, that is the, the modern way of the working world. So in a professional body, which is trying to turn you into a professional accountant to work in the professional world, having good grasp of these skills go hand in hand with the content. And it's what you're going to face when you're working. So it, it does make sense that this is, you know, the new way of assessment. Yeah, and I think when I when you're anybody's planning a question, let's say for an exam, I think um and well actually let's use a work real world work example. I would often take a sheet of paper in the top half of a draw a picture or a mind map or a, a little diagram just to give me and spend five minutes doing that. And I think that's the equivalent of let's say the notepad in the exam. But realistically I wouldn't write everything out and then type it out again. You, as quickly as you can you want to start working in the tool that you're presenting it in and as you said you don't go in with like seven sticky notes in a certain order and go here's the solution i found to the problem it really is it has to be well presented and the amount of 
um, confidence that somebody loses in you when something isn't even, if it's not well presented, they don't trust the content you've put in it. And I think examiners are the same. And uh, and I kept saying to students last week, imagine if you went to your boss and something's badly laid out, do you think they're going to give you a promotion? Do you think they're going to ask you to do the next task? And I think the answer overwhelmingly was no. So it's all key to put yourself, always think that the examiner is your boss and always think every CBE is something that's going to a manager. And if you can make that work, you would, you'll pass your exam effectively. Yeah. And I think the last point before we get into kind of tips for using it and how, how you can get better is just something which the, the student who sent this topic in had mentioned that, you know, it's harder than doing paper exams. But the key thing that we all said is it's not that it's harder, it's just that it's different. And if you, um, you know, are unfamiliar with it and you don't practice on it and you're not used to doing it because you're still doing pen and paper, then it will seem harder. But if you are familiar and you're practicing and you take on board some of these tips we're going to talk about, you can actually find that it's different, but you can also save time in different ways. It's also more practical. You can, you know, things like um, structure and layout can actually be easier. So it's, there's a lot of benefits to it once you get familiar. And if you can learn to use those to your advantage, you'll end up producing really good answers for the examiner. Yeah, I, th- I think overall that it's quicker with a, with, pra- with proper practice. If you spend as much time practicing in CBEs as people would tell us that they're practicing on pen and paper, I actually think you will get more marks at the end of a CBE version because you're practicing the time that you save. And like time is such a big issue in ACCA exams. But the time that you save, if you think about different exams, and we see them all the time, where you're asked to do a calculation and then let's say you're asked to do a calculation again, but just changing um, one the rate of return or changing the date or changing the the price of an option, whatever it might be. Like when you're in when you're in pen and paper, you have to write it all out again. You have to calculate it out again. If you do it right in CPEs, you just bring it, just copy and paste it down, and you just change one number and it's done. Like tips like things like that are so beneficial so i with with proper practice and it has to be proper practice it can't be the day before the exam uh, but with proper practice you will save time and i actually do think overall they're quicker yeah so i think the, the first thing to get um kind of comfortable with them is just the different layout and navigation um you know getting used to the introduction pages, what it says on them. You, you know, when you get to your exam, you should have done so many practice tests that you're familiar with those introduction pages that, you know, it's, it shouldn't be that you're rushing to read everything for the first time there. So getting comfortable with those introduction pages, how you then navigate through the paper, where certain things are within the CVE, um, you know, the scratch pad, the calculator, getting used to how the spreadsheet and the Word document look, I think that's the first step, being really familiar and comfortable using and moving through that so that, as we said, when you're in the exam, it's a comfortable environment to be. It's There's nothing new or there's no surprises. And I think that's particularly important for the strategic professional CBEs, which are starting to come in now for a number of regions and starting to become the, the norm. You know, the, the different... Um, format of that how you navigate through that it is slightly different to applied skills how exhibits are shown where the information is it's you know as we said it's not harder it's not designed to be more confusing or anything like that it's just slightly different and it's actually 
you're not flicking through pages like you would with an exam paper. You have it all there. You can open things and close. So I think that's a really important first stage, just getting really familiar with it. And I think that you, you hit the nail on the head kind of thing with your comment about familiarity. If you go in and you're sitting your exam and it looks and it feels like exactly like how you've been practicing, you, you'll kind of end up going, oh, it's no different. It's exactly what I've been doing. And there's a, I, I think there's a kind of layer of stress that will be removed because it isn't different. It isn't harder than how you've been practicing. This is what you've been practicing for. And the fact that you're being presented in exactly the same way, in exactly the same way as being practicing. Um, whereas the last thing you want to be thinking of the exam said, oh, well, when I got a question before, I used pen and paper to plan it all out and then I wrote it all out. What's my version of it? And, and trying to think through that in an exam setting is just going to be a disaster. Yeah, I think the the next point then, which kind of carries on from that, is with more specifically looking at the applied skills exams, which are the have OT elements to them. Um, you know, there are new options now for the CBE OT questions. They can be multiple choice as normal, but multiple response, fill in the blanks. Um, you know, there's drag and drop options. So there's different ways that you might be asked to give your answer. And again, it's just really comfortable that, you, or it's really important that you get comfortable with these different ways and you've practiced questions from these different types and you're used to reading the question carefully and thinking what way you need to give your answer. Again, if you've just practiced on pen and paper, single answer, multiple choice response questions, that's going to be a new experience in the exam when there's these different formats. So it's really important you practice those, get used to them, get used to the differences of each one, how you approach them. Um, you know, even getting used to things like with the fill in the blanks, knowing the format that's required and, and checking that when you're doing the question. Um, so I think that they're all really important things. And if you can, again, just master and practice and get used to that, that whole section of the paper will just be comfortable for you. Well, I think any kind of small curveball in an exam gets uh, explodes into a huge issue because of the, the stress and the strain of an exam. So, like you said, if you if you if you haven't practiced a question style and it's drag and drop, the time you have to spend of trying to just figure out oh how does the tool work, that's valuable time. So, it, it re- and you don't want to shock. You don't want to go oh I've never seen this before. Have I done something wrong? Am I not prepared? You start doubting yourself. So, these might seem small issues as we talk about them individually, but I think if you combine all of these small issues and if you avoided them all, your exam experience would be so much better. Yeah, and so the next one is something that you touched upon, um, and it's it's things which I think are really important with regard to the spreadsheet and Word. But how we were saying, you can actually save time when you can learn to use them to your advantage. You save potential time if you're comfortable with using them. So, firstly, with regard to the spreadsheet, it's really important that you're used to doing formulas um, within these because if you have formulas, if you get one figure wrong you know, either if you spot that, you just have to change that and will automatically update the rest of your calculation. But also um, with the marking in the ACCA exams, if you have one figure wrong, but you do the rest of the calculation right, then you will get marks. You'll only lose marks for the one bit you got wrong. It's not done on the calculation as whole. So having formulas in, showing how you're working through a calculation, 
showing you know exactly how um, that calculation is done is really important for helping the examiner follow. It's also important through practice that you get used to not having too many formulas in one cell, but clearly laying things out, splitting it up, showing cells added together or multiplied together, um, and just making that as clear as possible throughout your calculation. Yeah, no, I think all of that is really, really important. Um, and this, the spreadsheet benefits of using it. And again, the students were asking me last week, well, what if they don't have access? What if they don't have the Wi-Fi to connect to practice their questions? As I said, I, using your Excel or Word or using Google Sheets and Google Spreadsheet, using any of those tools is still better than pen and paper. So maybe all the functionality won't be exactly the same, but it's certainly much better than, oh, I have to do pen and paper because I don't have access. I think there are lo- lots of ways of accessing similar tools. So don't just say, well, I can't access your website when I'm practicing my questions, so I'm not doing it. There's lots of ways around that. So come up with better solutions than that because, again, that, that benefit is huge. The second one, or more so with regard to the word processor and you had some direct experience with this because you did a video for the ACCA walking through um, an AFM question is how you can save time by kind of copying, copying and pasting and taking information from the scenario to structure your answer. Um, so I think that's another way, you know, if, if you look at the differences between um, pen and paper and word in a work environment, you know, if you had to write a blog on something and you're getting bits of information, you can copy bits in, you can fill a sheet with bits of information and then condense it. You can't do that with pen and paper. So it's similar in the exam. You can use the information that's in the scenarios to your advantage. You can highlight it. You can um, you can, you know, input it into that Word document and use it to help structure your approach. And I think I used the example earlier, and this was the example from this video, where you had to do a calculation and then there was a slight variation of the calculation. And there was a number of workings that it all had the same layout. So once you did the first working, you could just copy that working in twice more. You had the layout and all you had to do was change the numbers. All the calculations were the same. It just made it so much easier. I think the other benefit is that what you don't think about is when you make a mistake and then realize it. So, for example, let's say I was doing a net present value calculation and using the, I used 8% instead of 7% as, as the rate of return. Well, the if this was on paper, I'd have to go cal- calculate everything again. It would look all messy. Everything would be scribbled out. But if I used, laid it properly in the exam, if I used all formulas, I just have to find where I put the incorrect percentage and put the right one and everything will update. It's a really good way. And that's how you get marks as well, because the examiner can see your logic, see the process by which you worked. It's not just about getting the right answer that gives you marks. It's all the steps in between. So it's a really, it's a much easier way because the examiner can just go, they did that, they used that formula, they linked it in here, they got those totals, they got that answer full marks move on yeah and i think i think we've covered a lot of the main ones the last two ones which i just want to draw attention to are and you know the, the key to all of these and the key to getting better at these just comes down to practice but the last two things are you know you need to get used to the cve tool not just to get familiar with all the functions but also to learn how long it takes you to do different things and how long it takes you to do calculations or structure your answer. Because most people have 
a rough idea from school and from a young age of how long it takes them to write things. But sometimes with regard to typing or with regard to doing, you know, calculations on a spreadsheet, that can be slightly different. So you need to get used to knowing how long it takes you to do things so you can manage your time more effectively in the exam. And again, as I said, that just comes from practice. Well, I think we've we've talked to students before about that and about how that when you read something, when you write something on a computer, it's very different than writing it in hand. And it is a a skill in its own to be able to write an exam answer on a computer as well. And and that shouldn't be underestimated. And and one student recently asked me, you know, how can I get better at at typing? Um, And what I said was, you know, you're not going to spend an hour a day practicing typing nonsense. But if you do an hour a day of practicing questions on CBEs, you're not only doing your your study for that subject, but you're also getting that typing practice. So, you know, it's it's just practicing on the CBE that will develop that typing. Um, some people will be fortunate because they do it at work. But if you feel you're weak on it, you just need to be practicing so many questions on it that you'll develop those skills. The The last point is just do think, you know, there is someone who has to mark this exam. Um, There's someone who has to go through your calculations and your word. So get used to using those and learning to present your answer in a really kind of understandable, logical format. So that when an examiner goes in, if they're looking at your Excel or they're looking at your word report, that they can very easily follow it and that they can follow how it's hitting the requirement. There's a a logical structure to it. Um, And again, that can be easier um, if you learn to use the CVE, because you can have that structured Word document, you can show your calculation very clearly. It's not all written on a page and all over the place. So, you know, practicing that and getting better at that will only stand to benefit you in the exam. Make the examiner your friend, isn't it? Yeah, that's what we always say. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think, you know, at the end of all that, we've given lots of different tips. We've t- showed how it's important. But the key at the end of all that is that you know, the way to learn all those tips, the way to get better at it, the way to prepare for it is just practice. Um, practice is in as many places as you can. As we said, you can use the LearnSignal CVE tool as much as possible for questions. We have CVE mock exams. If you, you know, are working offline or you don't have internet, as you said, use a Word document or an Excel. There's ACCA specimen exams anything you can do to practice but if you're preparing for a paper-based exam or if you're not doing a paper-based exam you should never be doing questions on paper you should try make cbe the focus of all your your questions because the more comfortable you can get at that the better that your exam's going to go don't forget to follow us on facebook and instagram for extra content important news live streams study tips and much more So Connor, the the news stories that we picked this week are kind of um, we were very negative at the beginning of this pandemic, but I think a lot of countries, um, certainly in Europe and the US and, and, and Asia, are are looking to the future and looking to come out of difficulties that we're in. And everybody's looking at each other about when do you go back to work, when can you go to the park, when can you play sports again, when can you attend big events again. There's all of these questions out there. And I think smaller companies are probably looking at bigger companies about what they're doing. And we've had a look at a few things about Facebook and Google and MasterCard being huge companies, global companies, what they're trying to do. Um, And we look at like MasterCard are saying that they're allowing people um, home until they feel comfortable to attend the office. I think they employ employ 20,000 people globally. 
Um, and most of their staff, I would say, are working from home. Um, we've talked before that Twitter have said that they're, they, may ne- they may have staff that may never return to an office in their whole career at the company. Um, it's, it's quite interesting about what the, and everybody's using this term, the new normal, but I guess all of these articles are about that, that I'm not too sure there's a new normal instruction booklet out there. I think it'll develop over time and, and people will choose their own level of risk and comfort. And, and I think most companies will be understanding of that going forward. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is, you know, if you were talking about some of these things like moving to work from home a year ago, that would have seemed like the more out there approach of a very kind of forward thinking um, modern company that's letting their workforce work from home a certain amount. Whereas now it's actually the kind of more conservative approach, allowing people to continue at this, you know, even for the the remainder of the year or into next year or, or finding a level that keeps their um, employees comfortable because certainly from a risk perspective and given that a lot of companies have been able to continue operating as normal um, you know it, it's I suppose they see more risks or employee issues having people back in where they're not comfortable or they they don't feel comfortable doing that as opposed to finding a system that works as a mix of working from home and maybe some employees coming in so I think it is interesting it's something we've talked about even on this the last while of you know, will this be one of the lasting effects? And a lot of the the kind of big players, as you said, like Facebook and Google and Twitter and MasterCard are coming kind of out and, and putting their flag in the ground with the kind of approach they're looking towards. And you look at companies, and we've seen, unfortunately, a lot of um, industries that are hard hit, that people have lost jobs or and they're still talking about job losses in certain areas. But when companies are looking at costs and they're thinking, well, our staff have worked at home for a long time now they're used to it do we really need this 20 floor building in the middle of the city center i know barclays have done it i know when in, in learn signal we think well maybe the the office space that we have we could possibly have double the staff and still not need more space because we probably wouldn't expect that people will be working full-time in an office week in week out anymore um, and because people will find this do certain things more effectively at home and all of those type of things and it was interesting how Barclays did mention, so its CEO mentioned that the, the big expense of city offices may be a thing of the past. And, and companies will certainly be more open to the idea of, of working from home. And I think most companies would have always said, oh, yeah, working from home is no problem but we kind of prefer you didn't do it in, yeah. in kind of don't, don't do it. Of course we're open to it, but we prefer you didn't because we like seeing you in the office. I think when, when they look now and they say, look at all the money we could save, do we really need the hassle of having big offices, paying big rent? Do we need just a floor with some meeting rooms and some hot desks for when people have to come in? It, more and more, it seems to make more more sense, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's all obviously with a lot of these things there's always this commercial side but definitely these companies are seeing this and you know i'm sure everyone's reviewing their kind of lease agreements and they're seeing you know they're probably looking at the analysis of okay well what capacity do you have to have if we only ever have you know 40 percent of our workforce in and and people are um kind of reassessing this and what's been crazy and we've talked about this in a, in a few aspects is it's, it's given companies a, a trial run at something they maybe had considered but had never really wanted to implement or risk doing. So now almost 
any company that has been able to has done this trial run of you know employees working from home i know there's reports recently where a lot of places have seen that um their kind of employee efficiency is actually higher the engagement's higher people are working harder so it's you know it's certainly the mix of business being able to continue as normal if not more effectively and then the potential to save cost it could just certainly make that decision um easier or or i suppose make a decision hard to look away from having some element of working um from home for your company yeah and obviously we're talking about industries here that can work from home like like we do a lot or all the time at the moment um and there's certain industries that can't and, and obviously that that's unfortunate for some of them but when we're looking at people who can't work from home and you, you look at mastercard and they say that people have to follow social distancing rules wear face masks and undergo temperature checks you would kind of think to yourself well where do you feel more where do you feel safer and more productive like i just the whole thing about being in the middle of something and you have to go and get a, a temperature check and then you start thinking to yourself well am i safe in here and do i feel comfortable so i i do think that it's it's and there's a there's a statement here and and um it, it says that one day i think probably aided by a vaccine and the ability therefore for the workers and customers to get the confidence they need we can go back about thinking about a pre-covid kind of growth stage but also noticing that i think that's some time away and i do think that's some time away because confidence is the key thing here and, and I don't think anybody wants to rush people back to an office for more people to get sick. I think it has to be built up slowly and in a very confident way that people feel comfortable. And, and I think certainly personally, if I had the choice between working from home or going to an office and getting temperature checks and face masks, although I really appreciate it's necessary, but if I had the choice, I think I would choose to stay at home. Try us for free by registering for a basic plan on LearnSignal.com to get everything you need to pass your exams. So, Connor, we have a, a webinar fan with a question this week. Um, obviously, somebody who recognised our our long line of webinars that we did last week um, for the study kickstart. And they were wondering, will there be live, any more live interactive webinars coming up in the next while? Yeah, so I suppose the first thing was, um, and we did get really good feedback and attendance on the Kickstart webinars that we did. And if anyone wants to find them, members can get them on their their course page. They're all up under the Study Kickstart module. You can watch those live recordings. In terms of more live webinars, we it's something we do um, do within the sitting. We do do before the exams. But we are actually at the moment planning um, the launch of some new live sessions, which will be available for members. So we have quite an exciting new proposal coming up for members, which they'll be able to access. So, you know, do keep an eye on your email because we're going to be sending the full details of this week. But I think it's it's going to be something which really stands to benefit all of our members. And for anyone who's not currently a member, but would like that idea of having these live interactive sessions, you know, make sure you've, you've well, either signed up as a member or you have got yourself onto our mailing list so you can find the full details of this quite exciting new thing that we're going to be launching very soon. So we're going to finish up there for today. Remember, listen to the advice that we gave around using the CVE. If you are preparing for CVE exam, that should be the focus of your study. 
The other thing, we were delighted to get another topic request from a listener this week. So if anyone else does have any topics they'd like covered or questions they'd like answered, do just send them in on the chat support on our website. And the last point mentioned there, do look out for the exciting new launch that we're going to be having for some new live interactive sessions, which will be coming out this week. So do look out for all of those things and we'll talk to you again next week.